I find most often than not, the reason why people want closure is because they want another opportunity. They want them back. They want to feel different than they feel right now. You know, I'm all about speaking truth. I think that's important, but you could do that through a letter. You could do that through a voicemail. You could do that through a text. You could do that in your journal. It's not about the exchange, Mm -hmm. right? You're not exchanging with this other person. You're just speaking something out loud that needs to be said into the world. And it is a topic that I think people get really fixated on and hold themselves back from being able to move forward because they are looking for that closure. Hi, I'm Colleen Nelson, licensed therapist, trauma expert, and fellow badass woman ready to rise up right alongside you. This podcast, Let the Rest Burn, is for the woman who has ignored, attacked, or even silenced her inner voice because she thought it was broken and needed to be fixed. It's for the woman who is ready to rise up and fully step into her desire, her joy, her full power, and make the impact she was destined to make. For the woman who cannot stand one more second waiting, watching, and witnessing the world crumble and is ready to rebuild and expand into a better future. For a woman who is so done trying to fix the world, she decided to start with healing herself and she let the rest burn. Welcome back to Let the Rest Burn. I'm Coco Nelson and I am here with Lydia Clemensovich. Clemensovich. Say it. Say Clemensovich. Clemensovich. There we go. Lydia Clemensovich, a love and breakup coach and Reiki master. Mm -hmm. And I have the privilege of having her on my podcast today to talk a little bit about her journey and what has brought her to the work that she does. And also just to, I think, get into some of this. I can't wait to talk about it, Lydia, because I'm in the process of dating and finding the love of my life in life 2.0 post-divorce. So I'm going to ask you all the questions (laughs) and get all the goodness uh, because I think that now more than ever, we need people in the world who are here doing this work. So Mm -hmm. Lydia, tell me, tell my audience, who are you? What do you do? What brought you into this work? Give us a elevator speech. Love it. Well, thanks for having me, Colleen. I'm so happy to be here and uh, be introduced to your audience. As you said, I'm Lydia, a love and breakup coach and Reiki master. But of course, that's that's my title. That's not actually who I am. Who I am is a lover, a human connector, a curious, open-hearted, open-minded soul who just believes in intimacy and connection and and deep love. And I love pretty much everything. I'm very like go with the flow and very adaptable to situations and people. And I'm a huge lover of travel too. I've been blessed to travel Mm -hmm. the world and to live in different countries. And I think that has really shaped who I am today as well. And yeah. Ooh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. (laughs) Okay, so Lydia, I am I, my my question to you is like, what before we get into the let the rest burn question, mm-hmm. like who who do you work with? Who's your ideal client? Who are you really wanting to help? Mm-hmm. So I help people heal from heartbreak and let go of their exes and attract the love and life that they truly deserve. And this is a great mm-hmm. question too because for a while I was thinking, oh, I'll help women. Like that's very clear. I'm a woman, you know, I talk to other women all the time about their breakups. But then when I started, you know, nailing down my marketing message and really calling in who I wanted to serve and how I wanted to help. And I was talking about it with 
friends and strangers and everybody that I could possibly talk about it under the sun, a lot of people asked me, what about men? Mm. What about men? And that gave me some pause. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting too, because I have a business coach. And when I was talking to her about, you know, deciding on who I wanted to help, she, I mean, rightfully so said, oh, try to focus just maybe on women for now. And so I kind of kept myself in that bucket. And for sure, I think that in general, women, this is a generalization, really tend to be like dedicated to personal development, the inner work. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying men aren't, but I talk to a lot more women who are comfortable investing in themselves than men. But that doesn't mean that I really want to let men off the hook or just not include them. And and we'll get into this too, but from my last relationship and breakup, you know, I could feel my ex really suffering at his core and bringing that suffering to the table. And it just made me think about all of the men who suffer in silence because they don't know how to hold their emotions. They're not often given space in in their life and their communities and how beautiful it is to just open that up. Just open that up. We'll see who, if I even get men, but I felt better and it felt true to me in this stage of my life to open that up to men and women, pretty much between the ages of like, I'm very open in general, but from 25 to 50, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you know, I'll be honest. I, I do think men need more spaces that they can step into this work. Mm-hmm. And I do think there are a lot of like men, women, and 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 non-binary folks who are really looking for spaces that they can step into and just be seen for the human that they are mm-hmm. and the love that they want to create and i do i do think it's hard when we get into this work i found this as a therapist too right like mm-hmm. i've been a therapist for 15 years and when i first started i was like oh yeah i can work with women in their 20s that was i was in my 20s when i started <laughs> like, i can work with college students. I can work with women because that's what I've lived. And I don't want to practice beyond my scope of, of understanding, right? And it was very restrictive. And it was – the thing about it is people are going to self-segment themselves, okay? If they don't want to work with you, they're not going to. I have worked with so many different kinds of people at this point that, I mean, it is important you can create a safe space for anybody who is looking for a safe space, right? Mm -hmm. So at times I find that someone that doesn't look like me is not always going to feel safe in my space, understandably so, however that plays out. But that isn't necessarily mean that I have to restrict them from finding healing or resources from me if they do seek it out. And we want to have the people that we we can help the most, but I really strongly believe in your gifts being able to be gifts for humans. Mm-hmm. And what humans find their way into your world are the people that are meant to be served by you and exchange with you. And we have to trust that the clients can make those decisions. And so when I speak to my audience, when I speak to my community, I speak to everyone. And I've had lots of coaches tell me to niche down. And sure, I love women's groups. I love working with women. I love my like 35-year-old single mom who wants to travel the world, right? Like she's my jam. Hey, girl, I see you, right? But like also, (laughs) like I work with women who are in their 50s or I work with men who are in their 20s. I've worked with teenagers before. I've worked with all these different people. And what's beautiful is when they get into my world – we get to co-create and decide if it's the right fit. And if it's not the right mm-hmm. fit, I know I can find them the resources. So maybe I'm not their coach. Maybe I'm not their therapist. But I can be a resource hub to say, hey, 
I think that you actually need this person. And you and I both know in the world we live in with all the masterminds and the coaching and the things that we do online, we have a plethora of resources for people. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying this on this podcast because I want people to reach out to you regardless. If they feel a calling that like, wow, she is speaking to me. She is speaking to my heart. Reach out to her. And if it's not the right fit, she's going to find you someone that is. Mm-hmm. And that's how support needs to be in general. We, it needs to be this. We are the gatekeepers of the resources. We are here to help people who want to heal, even if it's not with us. Yes. Oh, I I second that times 10. I feel that when I'm talking to clients who are just learning about me and kind of coming into my introductory calls, and I, I always lead it at the beginning, I want to help you during this short 30 minutes we have together whether you decide to work with me or not, that's mm-hmm. that's not my goal. Of course, like I like to serve and help people, but I want to honor your agency and your free will and trust that, yeah, you'll make the best decision for yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> so, so Lydia, let's get into you and who you are and how you've arrived here. I am going to ask my question. I ask all my wonderful guests, what did you have to burn in order to become the person that you are? today? I love this question so much. (laughs) I feel like in the last year, especially I've been letting a lot burn. Mm. A lot. I have shed a relationship that was no longer serving me. I've shed my need to control my feelings, especially when it comes to anger (laughs) Mm -hmm. and honoring all my feelings, it seems that it's comfortable for me to feel sad or grief or loneliness or abandonment, but anger was an uncomfortable one. But I had to let almost like give the space to acknowledge anger in its highest capacity, not letting it out of other people, of course, like, but really letting it come out in a healthy way Mm -hmm. and feeling that fire And I think I shed the need to put on this persona of, yes, I'm this happy, go lucky, always optimistic, looking on the bright side type of person that a lot of people have kind of bucketed me in. And that's because I've bucketed me in to that position. And so I've let go of this need to seem like I have it all together. Um, Mm. And so that's been incredibly healing. And then just last week, I was laid off from my day job. And so you're actually talking to me too at a really interesting transitionary moment. I've been working on my business for the past six months and gaining traction there too. However, this, it was a job that I was in for two years and my intuition knew that it wasn't the right thing for the long-term and especially in the short-term, it was not serving my highest purpose, but it was really hard to kind of bite the bullet and leave myself. So it was like the universe was just, Lydia, <laughs> you this is not for you anymore. But I had to let go of that identity. Um, in, in my day job, I'm a professional writer. And mm. that is always, you know, given a lot of validation when you talk to other people about your job and what you do. And as I'm oh, sure I know this, you mm-hmm. know this very well. And mm-hmm. in this world of coaching and healing, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot better in 2023, but there's a lot more room to grow in terms of like validating its worth and and investing in it. And I had to let go this identity to 
a job that seems appropriate or validating for the masses. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. I have so much to say about what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to – I want to start with the the anger piece first. Mm. I, I love that you brought this up. This It's so – this is how the universe works. So I literally am looking at my journal right now. Probably like a couple hours ago, I wrote down in my journal a masterclass I'm going to be leading at the beginning of May during eclipse season about mm. sacred rage. Mm. Yes. Because – we have to individually, communally, spiritually, as women, we have to access it because it's how change happens. It's how mm-hmm. we actually put boundaries down. It's how we release pain. It's how we access power. It's um, extremely important, in particular, feminine sacred rage, the desire to protect your community, the desire to protect yourself, the desire to protect your, your offspring is essential for mm. nature, right? It's essential yes. for literally the the procreation of your species. And women have been taught to hide it. And it is such a powerful force of nature. I mean, it has ended wars. It has started wars. It has moved entire countries into spaces. Like it is so, and it's time. It's time. Mm-hmm. I think we all get access to that a little bit more. Because it does put us in a position of power, we're kind of like unfuck with it all. <laughs> like you can't, you can't, you can't fuck with me if I can access my sacred rage. That doesn't mean yes. I'm gonna harm. Doesn't mean I'm gonna harm you. It just means that I am not going to be harmed by you. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna give you permission to do that to me, or I'm not going to be complacent in it. You're going to get a response, right? You're gonna get a consequence, a boundary, a it's not just going to happen and I'm going to I'm going to passively pretend it doesn't. Mm. And that is a piece that we as women I think are reclaiming. This ability to say what just happened wasn't okay. You can't yes. push it aside because of my emotions or my feminine nature or whatever the hell else gaslighting shit that you want to tell us is happening. What happened is not okay. Period. Mm. Here's the consequence that occurs because of that. And that sacred rage that allows us to speak truth and say it is so fucking powerful. And we, I I mean, our age group in particular, but we have been taught so many times that that is not sexy, that is not kind, that is not feminine, that is not what's wanted in in society and in the community. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm done with that shit. So (laughs) I love that you are on that page with me. Mm-hmm. We we are going to reclaim that part of ourselves, so that I just have to like say that, <laughs> and then and then I definitely I want to dig into it a little bit more with you as as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you think about this the sacred rage, this rage that you're releasing, how do you do it? Tell me mm-hmm. some of the ways that you're finding yourself able to access it, release it. What are the, what are the tools, skills, somatic experiences you're you're doing? Sure. Well, it all comes down to the breath for me, first and foremost, with any emotion. Yes. <laughs> Always back to my my lifeblood, my life force, my beautiful breath. And I have connected to this breath so intimately in the last few years. And with mm-hmm. anger, I one of my favorite things to do is breath work and accessing breath work, whether it's through a fire breath or that try active like in mm. kind of in through the belly in through the chest and then out 
And doing Mm -hmm. that, you know, consistently for 20 minutes, even five minutes is enough. Like you don't need to always set aside an hour time. I always tell people this too with meditation. You don't need to meditate for an hour. You don't even need to meditate for 10 minutes. You know, you can make it really simple for yourself. And I think that just kind of lets lets the energy that's been stored out and transmutes it. And then what I love to do after that is go outside and connect to nature. And, mm. and feel connected to something greater than me. So I kind of I'm in my bubble in my apartment. And I, I let that out, you know, safely in that container where nobody else is here. And then I connect and ground down to nature and feel almost like I feel the energy moving through my body through the bottom of my feet, like into the earth. Because anger is powerful, like you say, like it's that sacred rage. And then on the other hand, I am so blessed to have community and friends Mm. and quality people who let me just sit and vent in the moment and just let it all out. And I really did that after my breakup more than I've ever done before. I just let myself feel angry and I, I kind of, I enhance my tone. I let myself go there. I'm not like speaking in this like soft feminine way. I let my, I'm not yelling, but I let my tone really raise and just kind of go at it. Like let myself ream at whoever or whatever the person or the situation did to me because I know that I always come back to love at at my Mm -hmm. core, but I can't do that unless I properly let it release. So those yes. are kind of my tools. <laughs> oh, I love them so much. I think community is essential. Yeah. I think I do. I really think we have to have a witness to our pain. Yes. And, you know, anger is a secondary emotion, which means that it's fueled by something deeper. That's why I call it sacred rage, right? It's it's fueled by pain. It's fueled by grief. It's fueled by fear. Whatever it's fueled by, it's purposeful. It's movement. It's action-oriented. And that's why it has to move through our body and and, and come out. And that is why having a witness to that allows us to deepen it as well and and keep ourselves accountable. I find that we oftentimes hide our anger about a situation because we don't want our friends to know we're angry because we don't trust ourselves to not go back, right? Yes. Or we don't trust ourselves to make the same decision again. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yes. Right. It's like, I, I want to pretend like this relationship is totally fine. This breakup, oh, it'd be easy breakup. Everything's fine. Cause I totally right. plan on sleeping with this guy in like a week and a half. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. It, yeah, it helps the process of healing. And it's, it's honestly, you know, there's stages of grief that we experience when we lose somebody, whether it's to death or just the loss of somebody in a relationship. And anger is one of the stages. It and is. so to just like honor that stage that your body and mind is going through is powerful and necessary. How do you see this show up in your clients? You know, as a love and breakup coach, what, how does anger show up for them or in, in your work with them? Mm-hmm. I noticed that anger with the clients I've had so far, it, it's really held on internally. It's like an anger or a disapproval of something in themselves that they haven't quite confronted or accepted, Mm. especially when I'm doing, you know, the work of identifying their limiting beliefs and doing the work to transform them. So much comes down from the subconscious, like 95% of our behaviors are influenced from the subconscious mind. And so when they realize that, they realize that all of those stored emotions and anger has actually been at themselves. 
Mm. you know, or if, if they've been holding on to anger about a person, it's because which sometimes we think that's what we're feeling when we are experiencing heartbreak, it's all over this person. And maybe at the beginning, it is. But if you're still holding on to anger, like much more down the line, it's at yourself. It's because you haven't forgiven yourself. Yes. Yes. Honestly, the many breakups that I've had, Mm -hmm. uh, I would say the most painful pieces for me are, A, uh, grieving the dream that I had created in my mind, Mm -hmm. right? This future experience that hadn't even happened yet. Like these future things I thought could or would happen. Yes. um, And letting that go. Because the memories that have happened that were good, they just feel good. They're like, this is, I'm so glad I got to experience this person in this moment for this this time, right? Especially my ex-husband. It's like, wow, look at this really beautiful moment we had. That's really beautiful. But the dream of what could be is really painful. And there's a lot of anger around losing that, right? And not, not having access to that feels un, unfair at times. Mm-hmm. And then the self-sacrifice. The self-sacrifice, the self-betrayal, the times you came, you went back, the times you didn't stand up for yourself, the times you neglected yourself, what all of those things, that is what haunts you for a lifetime. And that is the shit that you have got to clear with a therapist, with a coach, with a mentor, with yourself in the jungle of Peru. I don't even care. Like <laughs> that is the shit that you have got to clear because it will fuck up the rest of your life. Like it will Mm -hmm. completely take on a life of its own. And Mm -hmm. that is the part that I think and I hope people find a lot of healing around when they work with you. Yeah. And you just reminded me too. Also, I feel a lot of people are experiencing anger because of things left unsaid and Mm. wanting to like say the final word or the final defense or it comes from that need to like prove yourself or seem like you've come out of it like look what you lost, but you don't, (laughs) which, you know, fair. (laughs) Like I felt that at first too. I'm like, I'm so amazing. But you then have to, you you shouldn't need to do that for the other person. It's so Mm. much more powerful to take that healing back to yourself and your own process. There's nothing else that needs to be said. Closure is a made up myth in our mind, I'm so passionate about this and I will talk about it <laughs> for for years. My experience of closure and coming to terms with it and closure is always found within you. You don't need to say one more thing. You don't need to reach out again to your ex. You don't need to stay friends. Like you follow, you know, there's, there's nuance to everything. Of course, this is just in general. I don't think that any last thing needs to be said to that person. Mm. Mm, That is powerful. And you know, it's, I will be honest with you, I find most often than not, the reason why people want closure is because they want another opportunity. Mm -hmm. They want, they want them back. They want to feel different than they feel right now. They, you know, I'm all about speaking truth, mic drops, right? Like I I am, Mm -hmm. I, I think that's important, but you could do that through a letter. You could do that through a voicemail. You could do that through a text. You could do that in your journal. You can do Mm -hmm. that to the sky. Like it's not about the exchange, Mm -hmm. right? You're not exchanging with this other person. You're just speaking something out loud that needs to be said into the world. And I like it is it is a topic that I think people get really fixated on and hold themselves back from being able to move forward because they are looking for that closure. And the closure is internal. It's not external. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the most common reason people struggle to let go is they Mm -hmm. want that closure. Yeah. And you're right on the piece of 
wanting yet another chance. That's a very common wish and desire for people to want to get their ex back. And those are common ruminating thoughts. But yeah, it, I always remind people, you know, you broke up for a reason. And Mm -hmm. not to say that nothing, that it's not possible that you could have some time apart and come back together. But often that's what still people are holding on to that hope too. (laughs) So I try to just like leave, leave that out and remember the reasons why you broke up. Remember Mm -hmm. the reasons for me too. I, for a long time after my breakup, wanted to go back together with my ex. We went no contact pretty much straight away. Mm -hmm. And I was flooded back with all of the kind of happy memories that I remembered with him, which I honor and I'm so grateful for. But then my body just went into this mode of remembering the loneliness that I felt with him. And Mm. sometimes the, the disrespect and the disregard. And again, as I said, up top, it was from a place of his own suffering. Mm. And I have compassion for that now. But when I, my body remembers that feeling, it's like, I don't want that back. A hundred percent. I don't want that back. Yes. Yes. And our, so this is, you've brought such a important piece of this up, our body, right? Our Mm -hmm. body, our intuition, our inner voice, our inner spirit, however we want to describe it, our physical human body, and also our inner guide. I'll, I'll, I'll say two different experiences there, energy and our body. Mm -hmm. But I, our nervous system is very wise, in particular as women, our womb space is very wise. Our yoni is very wise, right? Mm-hmm. She knows. She's like, mm-mm, girlfriend, I don't think so. <laughs> that is not a space we are going again. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, that's where sacred rage lives. That's where our access to power and protection and boundaries and, and growth and change live. And the more we allow ourselves to feel into that second chakra and and that that womb space, the more active our intuition gets, the more active our ability to protect ourselves gets, you know, and for, for men, I, they have that space as well, but I find that their third chakra right here is actually a really good space to access some of that truth and that power. And the more that we actually tap into our bodies and our body's responses, the more we can feel truth, even when mm-hmm. our mind is spinning stories mm-hmm. or throwing memories at us. So how how do you pull in energy work? As, as a Reiki uh, practitioner, how do you pull that into your work? Tell me a little bit about that. It's so cool. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm so passionate about Reiki and it's in my offerings right at the beginning. I support my clients. Well, first of all, I practice Reiki on myself every single day as Mm. a Reiki master. And it doesn't mean again that I'm, you know, lighting a candle and setting a scene and going (laughs) like in a zone for an hour. I just channel the Reiki energy, connect to my heart, my heart chakra, which I feel the most connected to, Mm. and which is our most powerful source of energy in all of us. It's 50 Mm -hmm. times more than the brain. And mm-hmm. our heart communicates to our brain before our brain communicates to our heart. So it's incredibly powerful to, you know, charge the heart center with a lot of positivity and love. And I connect to that and I just call in the the Reiki energy that I'm attuned to for my highest good. And I do mm. that every day. I do that sometimes when I'm in an Uber. <laughs> I do that sometimes <laughs> when I'm on a walk, like, or just in a moment when I feel that fight, flight or freeze, I just kind of come in and connect to my heart. So first of all, that's how I do it with myself, with clients. 
I practice mostly currently Reiki by distance and, you know, energy transcends time and space. And I always tell people, think about those moments where you're thinking about a friend and then they call or they text you. Yes. Yes. Like that's, that's the, the energy at play. And that's kind of what Reiki does. So with my intentions, I also support my clients for their highest good and channel Reiki to the chakras that I sense imbalances in. And that's based off of my own intuition and attunement, but that's also based off of what they've told me that they need. And like mm-hmm. you said, that sacral energy really needs support after a breakup, especially yes. in women. Our sacral, our heart, and our third eye, especially I noticed mm. are the are the areas that need a lot of healing and support. And so energy is just meant to guide to that person for their highest good, unblock and charge those areas with a lot of positivity and intention. And it's all for free will. So I always tell clients, you can experience it whatever way, there's no right or wrong. And take what you need from that healing and leave the rest. And because I'm very clairvoyant, so I see a lot of images in my sessions with people, a lot of metaphors are coming up for me about that person that are very healing. Hmm. Just metaphors where I maybe I see them connected to nature, or I see an animal come up or, you know, I remember doing Reiki on a client one time, and I really felt a pull to her throat chakra. And Mm -hmm. immediately I saw an image of her standing on a stage in an empty theater. And I could, the message that I gained from that was, I fear that if I share my voice, that if I'm in my highest expression, which is kind of what the throat chakra represents, nobody will show up. Mm. And as soon as I and I felt that so powerfully from her, and then as soon as I charged, you know, the Reiki energy to her throat, I saw swarms of people coming in. Mm. We're talking it was sold out. (laughs) And that's kind of how I use Reiki. I I remind Mm. it's usually things that the client already knows about themselves that they're struggling with or that they desire, like to step into their power. And they just need that gentle reminder. Yes. Yeah. It's like you're activating their inner knowing. Yes. With, you know, clearing out those energy blocks. I love it so, so much. Mm. It's energy work is confusing for a lot of people. And I know that. And it's it's not necessarily meant to be understood by the ego in a way that we mm-hmm. get it. That's That's why there's Reiki masters, right? Like just release mm-hmm. and let them do their work. But I think that it's it is the wave of the future. And this this brings me to circle back to your job. And this is this is I think a great piece we can dig into here at the end because I so identify with you on this mm. piece of our like I don't know if I'll say I'll say identity but it's not even that. It's like the way we perform to the world and the things we say and the things we want to be known as. It's really hard to be like, yeah, I'm a I'm a healer. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Versus like, oh yeah, I'm a licensed trauma therapist. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just perfect there. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's like, I mean, they're both the same to me. Yes. My credentials, my education, my certifications, they do add to my capacity to heal. I, I, I will say that time and time again, my training does put me in a different arena than someone who is not trained. Yes. Yes. But 
really when I'm describing who I am and what I do and where I want to do this, working in a clinic or in a hospital as a therapist would give me all sorts of accolades in the general public. Mm. But really, I love being in the jungle, dancing naked in the rain (laughs) with a bunch of women reclaiming our sacred rage, (laughs) right? Like, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And that does not get as much accolades, right? That's I'm not being given a lifetime achievement award for all the naked dancing I've done in the jungle, right? <laughs> yes. So oh. it's I feel this and I mm. I want to hear from you when you think about like okay, so what did being a professional writer mean to you and how are you now awakening Mm. that power in this new career that you're in and the business that you're building that the universe has literally cleared the path for. Mm-hmm. You know, what did you, what'd you find in that identity? What was important to you as a, as a professional writer? Yeah. As a professional writer, it was all about storytelling for me. That's where mm. I gained momentum on the days that I was writing something that I wasn't fully in. I just yeah. thought about the purpose of telling the story. As a writer too, often I was working for a marketing agency. So I was working with brands who were solving problems for people, very much like healers and therapists and coaches. And I always tried to connect to that energy of it. Like, oh, I'm writing Mm. a story that's going to help solve a problem for people or give them awareness of a solution. And I think that's what I enjoyed the most about it was using words and language, which we're so connected to as human beings in a way that, yeah, transmutes the story, supports people, gains, yeah, gives people an option. Yes. Ooh. Okay. So how are you now taking that <laughs> and putting it, infusing it into your business? I am taking that in a way where, again, I know that I'm solving an immediate problem. <laughs> people are really suffering. Mm-hmm. People are really struggling. Heartbreak especially is one of those areas that you feel very lost and painful and angry and sad and lonely. And oftentimes it doesn't so sync up that all of the people in your community are going through heartbreak at the same time. Sometimes it does. And your friends will be there for you and they'll always be there for you. But I find it really helps to talk about somebody who's really honed in on that problem mm. and and wants to guide you. And I really, you know, honor clients, you know, taking their their stories to me mm-hmm. and and recognizing, oh, I'm not in this alone. Yeah. Like I can be supported. There's something better <laughs> waiting for me on the other side of this. There's also joy in it. You know, I I really cultivate a sense of happiness and joy in my sessions too, because I don't think that healing and the work always has to be so like in the trenches, although that's important. And I think when we think of heartbreak, we think also very much in the trenches, but I bring a lot of joy and laughter as well and make sure that Mm -hmm. there's like a lightness, but that's who I am as well. I like to get deep and dirty into like the work and the shadows. Um, But I'm very much a believer that we can have healing so much in joy and laughter. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I just bring, and in terms of the story, I bring my story to the table. So clients feel like, yeah, this girl, she's been through it. It's not the exact same as me, but there's still a connection and a relatability there. Mm, I agree. 
I, I love, I love that piece of the work that we do is making people feel seen and feel like they belong to something bigger. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, Lydia, and I'm going to say this just because it's, you know, it's coming up for me. A lot of us coaches, healers, therapists, like the people that are doing this work are not great at storytelling or writing. Mm. And there is a arena for you to just sit with and think about. Not that you would become a copy editor, copy writer, <laughs> right? That's I understand. But there's a space in which, you know, if you find yourself magnetizing people into your world that are other entrepreneurs, this is a gift that you can share in, in many different ways. I'd probably pay thousands upon thousands of dollars to have somebody write copy for me because I hate mm-hmm. it so much. <laughs> like it is not a forte. I can speak for days. I can speak on stage. I can do this for days. But to sit down and write an email feels like literally like knives in my eyeballs, right? It's mm-hmm. the worst. So there's something really powerful about just having that as a skill and a gift that mm-hmm. is extremely marketable. Mm-hmm. If at any point you decide to jump in that arena in whatever way you want, I highly encourage you to do it because those of us out here who really, really hate it would love somebody who really, really loves it to mm-hmm. come in and actually come alongside us and and support whatever we're doing. So just just my two cents for that as well. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I, I was doing freelance writing for a hot moment before I went into like a full-time job. And I loved that too. Mm-hmm. It will always be, yeah, a tool in my toolbox that mm-hmm. I'm, I loved using. I think when it came down to it, I'm a lot more discerning of who I'm writing for. Because, yes. yes. Yeah. You know, working in the agency, again, I connected it to I'm helping solve a problem for people, but I wasn't connected to the brands on a deeper soul level. But if it's right. like a client that I feel so connected to, I vibrationally, then I would 100% love to help share that story. Yes. Yes. So put that out into the universe a little bit. If I, I, I love all the things you do, but I think, you know, something I've learned as an entrepreneur is that there's so many different arenas we can serve. Yeah. There's so many different ways that we can share. So many different ways money can find us and monetize to give us the resources for us to do this work mm-hmm. and to just remain open to however that finds us in whatever ways it arrives in our world. So I'm, I, I know that being laid off is really hard mm. and I love your reframe, but I also, you know, I see you having no issues <laughs> supplementing that income tenfold and never mm. looking back. So I'm excited for this next stage of life for you and what you had to burn to get here. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Thank you, Colleen. I'm really excited too. I feel like I shed old skin, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I'm stepping into this version of myself that's not afraid of being seen, you know, Ooh. knows her Ooh. worth and is ready to serve with impact and leave a legacy of light. That's what I'm here for. I like, <laughs> do you have that written down somewhere? Because if it's you don't, my, you need. Yeah, it's okay, my okay, okay. statement. I say it every day. Good. Good. Okay. So let's make sure that is something you say all the time. Okay. Lydia, please tell us, what are your current offers? How can my people find you? What, how can they get in your world? Tell them, tell them. Yeah, so you can connect with me on Instagram, Heal with Lydia. And there you can 
book a one-on-one get, -on -one, get unstuck in love coffee chat with me virtually just to you know, experience what it's like to work with me and and get you know like I said at the top um get something from it whether you decide to work with me or not but if you are interested in further you know honing in on your healing then I offer my program the breakup blueprint how to heal from heartbreak move on and attract your dream relationship and this is an eight-week one-on-one coaching and healing container that is a step-by-step -step program, but it's also tailored to you and your needs and where you're at in your unique journey. And yeah, and that's, I'm so passionate about it and, and excited to serve people. I've seen some already great clients through it. So that is my, my signature. Mm, I love that name so much. Yeah. <laughs> that is a that is a beautiful name for a signature course. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I just I'm like, I don't even I don't even know what it is. And I'm like, ooh, I should <laughs> sign up for that. Right? Thank you. Yeah. I, I see language. 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 There it is right there. Versus mine is like the vortex. <laughs> and then I say nothing. Come come join. You don't know what it is? Figure it out. <laughs> like, what? That's cool, though. Oh, ridiculous. I, <laughs> Lydia, thank you so, so much <laughs> for being on the podcast with me today. I, it has been an absolute honor. Uh, mm -hmm. For anybody looking for more information about her, we will put it in the show notes, but please check her out on Instagram. And we will definitely, definitely be seeing more of you, Lydia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Colleen. This has been amazing. All right, everybody, go burn some shit and get to the next <laughs> stage in your life. Uh, only appropriate shit. Let's not actually burn anything down that's dangerous. But to all of you that are listening, let the rest burn. Step into your fullness. You've got this. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single second that you chose to set aside for you and the impact that you're going to have on the world today. To be inspired, to be seen, and to hold space starts with the very actions we take with ourselves. Look at the show notes for more information. Like and subscribe and share with friends if you feel inspired to. And as always, let the rest burn. Burn.